You Can Mentor is a podcast about the power of building relationships with kids from hard places in the name of Jesus. Every episode will help you overcome common mentoring obstacles and give you the confidence you need to invest in the lives of others. You Can Mentor. Welcome back to the You Can Mentor podcast. Today's episode, we are talking about signs you have a boundary issue. Diarrhea okay. is usually is usually <laughs> a is usually a sign you have something wrong with you. And so we're going to talk about the signs that something's wrong in your mentor relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Which probably relate to a boundary issue. Wow. That's great. So this is like Relational diarrhea. Okay, great. I think that makes sense. You could uh, have picked any symptom. I think that one is very thoroughgoing that, you know, like if you have a headache, it could be, oh, I'm, I may be dehydrated or I may need caffeine. You got diarrhea, you know something's wrong. Technically, something is wrong if you're dehydrated as well. Oh, I, I guess that's true. Let's validate that. Yeah, headaches matter. Mm. Yeah. Well, signs you have a boundary issue. Beth, what is our first sign you have a boundary issue in your mentor relationship? Well, first of all, I just want to clarify that these are things that you are responsible for looking for. Ooh, okay. So, so if I'm a mentor, these are like the, the yield signs, the stop signs, mm-hmm. the indicators that let me know, hey, there's check engine light it's it's beeping at me yes that's great yes and just to give some transparency i wrote this based off of my own experiences so if if you left the last episode feeling like that shame monster that we talked about creeping up on you or maybe you just felt like the worst mentor ever because you're getting run over in every which way on these boundaries i definitely wrote the book on doing it wrong when it comes to boundaries and so Wrote all of these off of my personal experience. So you are in good company, or at least my company. You can determine if that's good or not. It's great. It's wonderful. So anyway, (laughs) just a little disclaimer. I don't know what I'm doing. I want to reiterate that I think my diarrhea illustration (laughs) was perfect. Oh, I just, why? Why, Because it's something personally that you recognize, so you know there's a problem. Okay, yeah, that's true. No one else is looking into that. But apparently everyone else knows about it <laughs> because you keep talking about it. Okay. Anyway, boundary issue. Number one, you dread your mentee meetups. Ooh. So in my experience, I think there was a point um, whenever I was mentoring several girls at one time that I honestly should not have been mentoring in that season of my life. I was going through a lot of hard stuff. I was just very much emotionally, spiritually, physically drained, but I just felt this like expectation I had to meet or this this burden to follow through on my commitments. Responsibility is like a huge deal to me. And so being like a person of my word, I felt a... I felt like I would be failing my own character if I threw in the towel. And so I just kept going. But 
in reality, like looking back, I realized that it was actually not integrous of me to show up halfway. And that's what I was doing. I would see it on my calendar and I would just be like, man, I kind of hope they text me and they say that they can't meet up today. And a lot of times they did actually (laughs) because they were busy too. But when that would happen, I noticed that was a problem because I would be so happy that I didn't have to meet up that day. And eventually I just was like, wow, I, does this mean I'm like the worst mentor ever because I would rather be doing anything else than, than meeting up with them today. And so, yeah, that was a really big red flag for me that I was doing this for the wrong reasons. I was doing it out of an obligation that I just, it wasn't even fair to myself to be trying to meet at that time in my life. And I was doing it out of trying to be like a good person who, like I said, was integrous, but I, in my head, was not being loving. I was not being patient. I was not being genuine with the words that were coming out of my mouth. That is not what was reflected in my heart. So big red flag. I feel like it takes something to be able to acknowledge that. I I don't know when you came to that realization, if it was like you went to five or six of these and you realized, why do I feel the way that I feel about this? Mm. Or when that realization hits you. But I'm sure we have a ton of mentors who are showing up for mentor meetings and they're carrying something going into it from the last one, whether, so say, say they went to go meet up with their mentee and then their mentee didn't show up. Mm. The next time you're showing up, you're naturally thinking about, are they going to show up? Yeah. Or and maybe still frustrated. Maybe they don't even care about this. Yeah. And why do I care about this? Am I caring more about this than they are? Isn't this about them? And, and all of a sudden you realize that your heart is overflowing with all of this frustration, animosity, and, you may not even acknowledge it until a long time later. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in general, I am not very good at recognizing how I feel about things until I actually stop and like spend time reflecting and praying about it. And so I have kind of a delayed awareness to my emotions. Men don't even have emotions. Whatever. Thank you and Zach are like, we have emotions. Y'all have definitely cried more than me. We have emotions. We don't have feelings. That is not true. Don't listen to him and don't tell your mentees that. (laughs) But yeah, for me, and I think the first time that I noticed that it was like, well, maybe I'm just tired today or maybe I'm just having an off day. But when eventually I noticed that this is a pattern that's not going away and I did not know what to do with that. And so I just kept going and you'll see some of the other red flags that we'll talk about. I went through all of them because I did not take a step back. I did not kind of take time to take care of myself and and deal with that. I just kept going. And so don't do what I did. Mm. Yeah. It's a good sign. If you hate mentoring, it's probably a sign. (laughs) It's probably a sign that you have a boundary issue. Isn't it? It seems dumb that I would have to list that out, but truly like, it's because something, there's a violation somewhere there, either within yourself or because of the kid or because of how the thing's set up. Something has been violated and you are not living with integrity until you acknowledge it. Yeah. And so the dissonance that's created is the frustration. Right. 
Because like all of these red flags and why it's a part of the boundary conversation is exactly what you're saying of there were boundaries crossed enough times, frequently enough that now we've got a real issue because there are these major red flags popping up now. And so for me, I can point to those things of what made me dread meetups. And I think part of it was not having healthy boundaries or clear boundaries. And I think part of it was just not something that me or my mentees were responsible for. It was just life circumstances that I should have created a new boundary in that time to just recognize where I was at and what my limitations were during that season. Yeah. But I didn't. So now I'm doing a podcast on it because hashtag ABG. Well, and maybe, maybe somebody listening to the podcast right now has never thought about a boundary being a value. And so it's something you value that your mentee or their parent does not value. And crossing that boundary is violating a value that you hold, like that that you hold dear. It's not just, I, I guess time, time may be a value or showing up on time yeah. may be a value or what's another value i think some people like using respectful like language like yeah so honoring me thanking me most mentors would say that they would love to be appreciated for their investment and so if that boundary that value is being violated enough times then you can be like wow this is not fun yeah yeah so that's good yeah All right, number two. Number two is your inner circle is speaking up. So this is, again, signs that you might have a boundary issue. Your inner circle is speaking up. Is this like the angels (laughs) and the demon that sit on my shoulder? Well, I think the Holy Spirit should be in your inner circle. You should be praying about it. But also your friends, your family, your pastor, your life group leader, whoever is or are the people in your life that know you best and kind of have access to your life in a way where they can see you're not being yourself lately. I'm seeing this change. This pattern is new and I'm concerned about it and I'm going to say something. So yeah, like what feedback are you hearing from the people who love you and who know you best? If they're bringing something up to you, it is very important that you pay attention to that because they're going to see things that you can't see in yourself. Sounds like your, your family your family's boundaries may be encroached upon from your mentor relationship. Yeah. And so if you start hearing something like, Hey, I need you home by this time. But for the last few weeks on this night, you've been showing up an hour and a half late and I've had to put the kids down on one side. It's a conversation about expectations with your family, but another is a flag that maybe you've not recognized that your mental relationship is rubbing up on a a boundary that your family has set. It may not be something that you've, you've established, but something that a loved one has established. And so now you're having to coordinate between those relationships when friction occurs. Yeah. And it could even, I mean, maybe it's not a loved one. Maybe it's your boss. Like, there are things that you committed to and you took responsibility for before you started that mentorship. 
and those things don't go away and you are responsible to them first. And so I don't think it, I don't think it's a boundary of just even the time spent. Like maybe it's, maybe you are home at night on time, but maybe you're so drained from carrying things that aren't yours to carry or taking on things that you just emotionally shouldn't have brought home with you or doing too much, like doing doing more meetups a week than you really have capacity for. So maybe you're coming home and you're so drained that maybe your spouse or your kids are like, are you even listening to me right now? Like, I just feel like you're somewhere else. And, or maybe it's your boss who's saying like, hey, I don't know what's going on, but your work is slipping and I'm concerned about that. And so it might not be a time thing that you're paying attention to that they're bringing up. It might even just be your presence. Like, I'm concerned about how drained you are. I'm concerned about you're here, but you're not here kind of things. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think of an example of a friend who may be picking up on something and it, it might just be how you talk about your mental relationship. And so in those settings where you're grabbing a brewski with a broski or a Saturday burrito, there you go. A Saturday burrito. Yes. At the Arboretum. <laughs> they have burritos. No. Um, <laughs> but that every time you talk about your mental relationship, you're talking about it in a negative light. You're, voicing your frustrations about something your friends might pick up or your pastor might pick up. Hey, it sounds like for the last month, all you've done is complain about your mental relationship. Yeah. Maybe there's something off. Yeah. Like, and everyone's going to walk through a challenging moment in a relationship. But if it's like the defining thing that you always talk about is how difficult this thing is, or it, it does represent, like maybe you have some boundary issues because I would hope to see this resolved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I know for me, again, I was a prideful mentor who shouldn't have kept going when I did. And so I know that I had people in my inner circle speaking up of just telling me that I wasn't giving enough space to the hard things that I was going through to just like take time to heal from things that I should have been healing from. And I was trying to basically put activity in place of healing. And if I can just do a bunch of stuff, I, I don't have to deal with this hard stuff that I'm dealing with over here. So speaking up for me, it was like my mentor and my friends being, being just very honest of, should you even be mentoring right now? Like you're going through all of this over here, like major relationship pain. And then you're, walking young adults through major relationship pain and spiritual pain. So, yeah, and I don't know that they even really had insight into, they didn't know how I was walking and feeling about any of that, but I think that they just connected the dots of major life trauma, probably need to take a step back from mentorship. It was simple as that, and that was that was them speaking up on that, mm. which I did not heed, and I should have. Which is the inner circle part of that is if there's somebody you should listen to, it's probably the people closest to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You screwed that one up. <laughs> yep. Okay. Number three. Number three is when your emotions are red flags. Everybody, because everybody has feelings, right, Stephen? Well, emotions, yes. But yes, we all have feelings. 
I probably have more feelings than you do, Beth. Do you want to compete about that? (laughs) (laughs) So what do you mean red flags? Like if I have an emotional response, it's telling me something about me. Yeah. Your emotions are data. Like, whoa, (laughs) I love data. It's great. You're (laughs) going to love this. (laughs) But really like your emotions are, if you, if you're paying attention to them, they are, they are telling you something. Data is just a collection of occurrences that when you look at it all together, it becomes, you can see patterns, you can see things that tell you something about a situation or about a program or about a person. Like, and so our emotions, if you're looking at, wow, like I really overreacted and that was what Zach Garza always said of a five cent problem, but a $500 reaction, outbursts of anger or seasons of just sadness and depression or just, yeah, taking your emotions out in inappropriate ways or them coming out in inappropriate ways or taking out on people that had nothing to do with the issue that you're dealing with. And so just, yeah, it leaking out the emotions always come out. So when your response is not equitable to the situation, Mm -hmm. that may be a sign that something's up. Yeah. But, but even if it's equitable, it's still a sign. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like you're saying, even if anger was deserved, it's still a sign, still a sign. Yeah. And I, I guess a boundary issue it kind of makes it sound like a boundary issue is like this, this thing has been going on for years and it's unresolved, but it's more of like that feeling is like the ping against the, the wall of the boundary. And sometimes you can live in relationships where people are beyond the wall for a long extended period of time. And finally you recognize, Oh wow, I need to reestablish where you should be when it comes to this boundary And sometimes maybe it'd just be they're coming up against it, against the wall. And you having a a natural emotional response to that is just saying, that's where the wall is. That's Mm -hmm. where my boundary is. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I guess in the scenario that I'm just thinking of, for me, was obvious because I was angry and like short-tempered and sad or just unmotivated to go to my meetings. And so that's easy to pinpoint. But I I think the the harder thing when it comes to emotions as red flags is just that it takes work on your part to identify them. Like I said earlier, I am slow to identify my own emotions. (laughs) And so I think that this takes work on the mentor's part to pay attention to that. The data doesn't just collect on its own. I mean, it's all out there, but you've got to put it together and analyze it. What are some emotions? Have you seen Inside Out? (laughs) Uh Uh-huh, yeah. All the characters. So like anger. Anger is like the main one that I can think of. Sadness. Sadness. Oh my gosh. I think it was disgust or shame. I think they called it disgust. It was fear another I can't remember if it was, but that is, I mean, an emotion, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Joy. Mm-hmm. But we're mainly talking about negative emotions, or could joy be one? I don't think that would be a red flag emotion. <laughs> I think that's actually what we're going for. <laughs> <laughs> what if you're t- you enjoy having a boundaryless life? 
Does anybody? People think they do. Mm. But so many of our our stresses at the end of the day are coming back to a boundary issue of some sort. If you're stressed about finances, you might look at things and, and figure out that you actually have a boundary issue with keeping a budget. Or if you have stress about going home for Thanksgiving, you might discover that you have a boundary issue with your parents having control over your life. Like, But when we just look at like, oh, I want the freedom to be able to do what I want whenever I want. And we think that boundaries are putting limitations on our freedom, but really they're setting us up for health, which is always going to lead to more joy than just doing whatever we want. Because we're talking about emotions, I feel like I need to recommend a book. Can I recommend a book? Only if it's Pete Scazzaro. It's not Pete Scazzaro. This guy named Chip Dodd wrote a book called The Voice of the Heart. And the voice of the heart is our emotions because they're all, they're all a response that's helping us go somewhere. Mm-hmm. Usually we use our emotions to go the wrong way. And the design is that our, our emotions are meant to help us. Mm-hmm. They're not meant to hurt us. Mm-hmm. Just like the nerves in our body, they're not meant to cause us harm. It's actually good for me to feel pain when I stick my hand in a right. fire. Mm-hmm. Which that was the crazy thing I heard recently was that, and it, it may have been on Pete Scazzaro's podcast. So I'll bring Pete into the, the conversation, but he said that he was talking to someone about leprosy and leprosy. Usually people think about people with limbs that have been lost and blindness and all this stuff. But leprosy, the, the main problem is that you can't feel pain. And so People go blind with leprosy because they don't feel the thing that tells your body to blink because your eyes are hurting. Mm. And so you just hold your eyes open at all times, dry out your eyes, and then you go blind. That sounds crazy to me. Mm. But in a way, your emotions are telling you something. And if you don't respond to them, you're missing, you're missing the sign that yeah. they're, they're pointing you that something's wrong mm-hmm. or something's right. Yeah. Like emotions are a grace to us. Yeah. They communicate to us and help us understand ourselves. So, yeah, that's good. So he he says that they are hurt, loneliness, sadness, anger, fear, shame, guilt, and gladness. So curveball at the end there. Yeah. So there you go. It's good. The fourth sign, you have a boundary issue, Beth. Tell us. You are making decisions you're not proud of. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. And I don't know if these are progressive. And this is in the mental relationship. Yes. Well. Not just like I ate. Um, Whataburger for the seventh time. <laughs> it was twice. Okay. <laughs> We saw the leftovers in your car, okay? Oh my gosh. I We do not need to get into this. <laughs> but yes, there are poor decisions made almost on a daily basis. And I'm working on it, Beth, all right? I recognize the signs. That's why I bought this hab- habit, <laughs> this <laughs> habit app. <laughs> I was going to say habitual. Habit <gasps> app. It's very helpful. It's good. Okay. Making decisions you aren't proud of. Yeah. So I don't think it has to Which be... Which diarrhea could be symptomatic of a decision that you made 
that you shouldn't be proud of. Like eating old food. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're like lactose intolerant and you're knocking out a queso, Mm. probably not wise. That's like what every lactose intolerant person I know does. They're like, I'm lactose intolerant. And then they proceed to eat like ice cream and anyway. Dumb, dumb. Yeah. So making decisions you're not proud of. I don't think it has to be just in the mentor relationship because I think one of the important things to just take stock of is that everything, your life is going to affect your mentor relationship. And so it's not separate. Like it's not compartmentalized where I could be sinning like crazy over here and expect that it's not going to affect my mentor relationship over here. So I don't think it has to be directly in the mentor relationship because it's going to affect it either way. But this is just, you know, when your emotions are out of check and maybe you're just, you know, just kind of dealing with things in a, in a unhealthy way. Sarcasm. Sarcasm could be one. Yes. Could be bigger things like numbing emotions with substances or even just unhealthy habits of, I don't know, like excessive shopping or something. Just things that if your mentor were replicating that, is that a life that's setting them up for health and success? Those are things to be aware of. So if I have a boundary issue in my mentor relationship, could these signs happen somewhere else in my life? Oh, I see what you're saying. I mean, I think so. so because if I have issues in my mentor relationship, I'm going to start buying a lot more stuff on Amazon. All I'm saying is that things are a lot more connected than we like to think they are. I'm feeling that. I'm yeah. feeling that right now very viscerally because you, if you have a issue in your marriage, yeah, you start doing other things that aren't related to your marriage, not just like jabbing or making sarcastic comments. Yeah. You may start doing something else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I didn't mean that by infidelity, but maybe someone w- would but do truly, that. But truly, I mean, that could be the extreme form of it. Yeah. Like there, these things multiply. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that's a really good point. But within the mentor relationship, you could get frustrated and rather than approaching the relationship with encouragement, you start making jabs. Mm -hmm. You start venturing into, yeah, I mean, just kind of a buddy-buddy, you're kind of nudging them and like I, I imagine someone playing ping pong and making fun of their mentee. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like, that's not who we are. That's yeah. not what we want to And it's like, do. where did that come from? And like, why am I saying that? Yeah. And is it, is it because there's somewhere else where I felt like, I don't know, some, some boundary has been crossed or maybe they said something that was similar to that. And I'm matching, I'm matching the mentee's vocabulary or language or, and mentor shouldn't should should do that with wisdom but i i mean i i imagine that it's symptomatic it can be symptomatic of a boundary issue somewhere else in the relationship yeah or even like if you are experiencing that first red flag of dreading a meetup maybe it progresses to this red flag of lying and saying that you can't meet up just because you don't want to and saying you're busy when you're not or just kind of and not actually an address the real issue right mhm well, this is helpful for all of our relationships, not, <laughs> not just our mentor relationships. Yeah. But I mean, it's interesting to think about what our expectations are of kids. 
and how those expectations may have not been met and how that affects us Mm. in ways that probably aren't communicated that lead to the signs that we're talking about so that we'll acknowledge them. And it's like, wake up, wake up. You're feeling these things. Your emotions, your actions are showing that something's wrong. Mm -hmm. Come into the shop, come and acknowledge the problem, get this fixed. Mm -hmm. It's very helpful. Yeah. Well, and um, I I feel like- Is there any hope in this episode? I was about to say, I was like, I think this episode feels like, wow, should I be mentoring? (laughs) But this is just the reality of what can happen with without the boundaries. And like, like you said, I think there's a temptation to think it's, it's easier to just not set the boundary and that's going to make my life easier and more this relationship more fun, but that comes back in some form or fashion. And so to set up for success, this is why boundaries matter because it can lead to these things that are not fun, that don't feel hopeful, that are always going to end in pain, whether it's for you or the mentee as well. So the next episode. Well, can I can I add one thing? Could you have a boundary issue somewhere else in your life that's affecting your mentor relationship? Hmm. Like what? And so me dreading meetups with my mentee could be because I'm overstretched at work and I I have a boundary issue at work. Yeah. That's the problem that's making me feel angry about spending time with the kid. Because I'm not not at work. Yeah. Or things like that. And so I think that is good to consider is Yeah, is this issue actually with with the kid mm-hmm. or is it somewhere else in your life? Yeah. Because like you said, these things are more connected than we think they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's blowing point. my mind right now. <laughs> Gotta get your house in order. Okay, Jordan Peterson. Wow. <laughs> So if Isn't you feel him? so discouraged right now. <laughs> yes, give us hope, Beth. We need hope. <laughs> Come back next week. We're going to talk about your role in boundary setting, but also just it actually is possible to have healthy relationships. And that's that's an attainable thing. It takes hard work. It takes initiative and introspection and all the things we've talked about. But it's possible. We're going to talk about how to do it. So don't end the series here. Don't stay in the valley. Yes. We had to go here, but we'll bring you out. Amen. (laughs) It is good to acknowledge that our health matters when it comes to our mental relationships. And I think that is a place of hope of saying that we need to value ourselves enough to where we are willing to recognize the signs when we are not well and we need, we need help and we need to acknowledge when boundaries have been crossed. And if anything, if the only encouragement in this specific episode we can offer is that there are people hosting a podcast about mentoring who have been in that valley and who have felt the things that maybe somebody listening is feeling, just know that you're not alone in those feelings and there's a way out. Can I share one story? Just because I don't think I gave an example that time. I just let you share about your difficulties. You talked about diarrhea a lot. So as long as it's not a story about that. I had a hard conversation with Zamari because there were there are th- there were three or four instances in a row where we had made a plan to hang out and he bailed on me either by ghosting me which 
for ghosting is a colloquialism from Gen Z where you don't respond to a text message. Hashtag old. (laughs) Or he did reply to my text and just say, oh, I'm hanging out with my friends or, oh, I'm taking a shower or, oh, something else. And you can hear my voice that I'm still angry about, (laughs) which is a sign that I have a boundary issue. There are only so many of those times that I can just let it go. And probably the best practice is to not let any of them go, but actually address it. Hey, we made a plan and you seem to have changed your plan. I need to know how that made me feel so that we can correct it as soon as possible. If I wait four or five times and then come in and I'm like, dude, you keep doing this mm-hmm. last minute, changing the plan. I'm trying to hang out with you. I want to be your mentor, but it feels like you don't even want to hang out with me or you can completely blow up and it would be so much better if I just read the signs that, Ooh, that, that did mm-hmm. like s- texting back. No problem. Like did not solve my issue. You put an exclamation on it too, didn't you? Yes. Or, or okay. Sounds good. Love you, dude. Those things don't actually solve the problem. It makes you feel gracious. It makes you feel merciful. But, Which there's room for. Yeah. Yes. But did I actually resolve mm-hmm. the tension within myself or did I just pass by the sign? Mm-hmm. And I mean, you always tell me just personally that I need to resolve the things that I feel because eventually they're going to come out. And maybe as an Enneagram too, I'm more likely to stuff that stuff because I care about what people think about me mm-hmm. more than I should. Mm. or at least an image of me that I want them to have. And so I guess my encouragement is don't wait for a second sign. Take the first sign for what it is and respond to it and make sure that you, you acknowledge what that boundary is. Maybe if you don't even know what it was, take some time to discern what it was. What is the thing that you value that -hmm. was encroached upon And how can you plan to voice that? Yeah. Yeah. And like that setting that expectation doesn't have to be a rebuke. It could be setting the expectation and extending grace in the same breath. That's good. (laughs) Didn't think about that. You could do both. You can do both. It is possible. Maybe that's, that's a good word for me to hear. Mm. So I can not just feel harsh. Yeah. That's that middle ground. It's like the stories you hear of parents who spank their children and then they hug them. Yeah. That's just a story, not something I experienced <laughs> on a personal <laughs> level. <laughs> now, Love you, mom and dad. <laughs> now, little Bethy, uh, you, you crossed a boundary here. I'm going to have to spank you, but then we'll, I'll hug you. <laughs> wow. That is a can of worms. <laughs> Great. Don't spank your mentees. That's a boundary you don't want to cross. That's absolutely not okay. (laughs) Glad we clarified that. It's awesome. Okay. Sum this episode up for us, Beth. I think you already did, but just do it again. 
These are the signs that you have a boundary issue. So hoping that this helped you kind of identify if you need to take next steps to deal with that boundary issue that might be being crossed. Our guideline to leave you with is the impact of your mentorship will never outpace the health of your relationship. So take stock of these things, make a plan to address the issues that you're seeing because your health matters in this. It's really good. Well, circle back next week. We're going to talk about your role in boundary setting. It's going to be fun. Share this with someone you think would benefit from today's message. We're excited about this podcast. Please leave us a five-star review. That would be helpful. Maybe leave us a review with how this episode has helped you. You can mentor.